Amen. Can we give our worship team a hand? They, they have been doing an awesome job over these last couple months, and man, I tell you, it is so good to stand up here and to be able to see your, well, most of your faces, um, to be able to see your eyes, a lot of you, but uh, it, it is, I, I tell you, it's been, a, it's been a long three months. I don't know about you, but it has been hard not being able to come and be here with you. Like, th- this, is, this is such a treat and a reward for me that, like, literally over the last couple months, the only time... The only people I've seen is like our worship team, my kids, and the stuffed animals that were up here on Easter Sunday, and so it is so good to just be able to see our people, and I, I've, I've missed you guys more, more than you know, and uh, let, me, let me just say, you know, I, it is great to have you here, and for everybody who's joining us online this morning, just want to say we're so glad that you have joined us today. Um, make sure that if you are with us today, if you go on our church app, make sure that you just sign in, let us know that you're here. You can submit prayer requests that way as well. It would just be just a great way for us to be able to connect with you. And um, man, I tell you, like, this is not something, you know, like I ever anticipated when I first came up here to be your pastor in November um, of being with you a few months and then kind of having everything, you know, like the, the rug pulled out from under you and just having to rethink how we do ministry, how we do Sunday services, how we keep our people engaged and connected with one another, and uh, I, I just, it, it's, it, it really has been, uh, it's been great seeing our church family come together through all this. Um, I mean, it, I know this has affected all of us, but it's affected many of you as well, um, whether it be financially or just with loneliness or just not being able to go and be with the people you love, the people you want to be with, and uh, it, it, it's just... Um, it's just so great to finally be able to at least have a, a chunk of us be able to be here together. And uh, I, I've, I've shared this with you guys throughout this entire time, but I, I, we've been praying for you. Like, we've been loving on you and trying to serve you. And, and if there's anything you need at all, I want you just to let us know. Like, it, it is our joy. It's the reason we are here, is just to, to be here for you, to love you guys, and to serve you in any way that we can. So just reach out to us and, and let us know what we can do. Um, but before we really kind of go on this morning, I just want to take a moment just to thank everybody who's been making this happen over the last couple months. Um, I, I'm just so grateful for everybody that, that's, been, that's just been working to try to keep, keep bringing church to you guys on a weekly basis. And so for, for Jim and our entire worship team, for, for Sky and Mara and Angela and Eric and Brandon, can we just give them a hand? Like, they've just been doing a dynamite job. Um, I, I tell you, you, got, you guys have just been killing it over these last couple months, and just so grateful for you just helping lead us in worship, even, even though it was through a screen and with an empty room here. Um, it, it was, it, it's been great. And um, Paul and Meredith, they, they've been working back on the controls every week these last three months. Can we just tell them a thank you as well? Um, they've just been doing a, a great job back there. Um, Angie, she's been the voice of Living Stones and all of our comments and our services. Angie, we just want to thank you for all that you've been doing during this and for, for Katie and for Jen. I'm just doing so many things behind the scenes and, and all of our elders too. I, I mean, we've had meetings. We've been praying for you, just trying to plan and figure out our, how, do we, how do we keep being the church during this time? And, and I'm just so grateful for, really for everybody that's just been um, making this happen 
But I also just want to thank you guys. Like, I want, I want to thank you for being faithful, for staying connected, for joining us online, for listening to the podcast, for reaching out to your fellow Livingstoners. Like, you guys have been a great church to pastor over these last three months. And I just want to tell all of you just a, a huge thank you for for all that you've been doing just to, to love people during this time too. I, it's, it is a joy. And, and I mean that sincerely. It's a joy to be your pastor. And, uh, and I'm, just so, I'm just so grateful just to be with all of you this morning. So um, just to just kind of share just a, co- a couple housekeeping things with you before we get into our message this morning. Um, on your way in, you should have grabbed uh, one of the little disposable communion cups. If you didn't grab one of those, make sure you go get one. We'll take communion at the end of service today. Um, and some of that is just so you're not having to like take the little cup and shove it in the pocket in front of you. You can just throw it out on your, on your way out the, this morning as well. So if you're joining us online, you can get ready for that as well. And then I want to share something with you as well that I am, uh, I'm really excited about, that we've been working on behind the scenes for months. And, and really, we, we'd, we'd wanted to kind of share this with you earlier and with all the COVID stuff. It, it, uh, we decided to kind of wait till now. But like we, we've been in a new season and a new chapter of Livingstone's Church. It, you know, and it started in November when I came here to be your pastor, and, and now just kind of having reopening for our in-person services and, and all of that, that we really have been kind of starting a, a, a new chapter. And, and, and um, you know, companies and churches and businesses, like all the time that they upgrade their, their branding, their, their logos, that kind of thing, especially when they're entering like a new season or a new phase of their organization, and, and here at Livingstones, we've had the, our current logo, we've had it for about 10 years now. And what we really wanted to do is we thought it would be a good time to kind of update our, our logo. It um, really has more of a, a streamlined look of and accentuates who we are as a church. And so let me share with you our new Livingstones church logo. And I'm super, uh, I'm really excited ab- about this. I mean, it, it really, um, it's... It, it's got a modern, it's got a sleek design to it, and, and really, again, I, I think it just kind of um, demonstrates and shows this, just this new phase, this new chapter, this new season that we are in as uh, Livingstone's Church. And so there's a couple things I want to share with you about this. The, the, the first one is, I want you to know, this doesn't, changing the logo doesn't change who we are as a church. It doesn't change our, our heart and our, and our mission and our vision, you know, like we... We're, we're here to be a beacon of light here on the south side of South Bend, and that doesn't change with a logo. Like, that is, that's who we are. That's part of our, our DNA as, as a church. And, and you know, we, Livingstones has a great history. It's got a great heritage. And, and, and really, I, I'm, I can't wait for what God has in store for us in this next, this next chapter, this next season um, of ministry that we have here. And so, so we're not changing who we are as, as a church. This is just kind of updating our, our branding, updating our, our logo. And, and I know many of you who, who are joining us online, you might not be able to see this entirely clear on the screen right now. And, and after this service today, we're actually going to be posting this on our Livingstones Facebook page. So you'll be able to get a, a totally clear look and, and see what the new logo um, looks like. And you'll start seeing us roll this out with, uh, in, our, in our signage, in our communications, that kind of thing um, moving forward. And, 
And I, and I want you to know that one of the things, everybody on your way out today, you're going to get, now this has a, a cover on it, but everybody, one per family, is going to get a new Livingstone's Church vinyl sticker. You can put it on your car. You can stick it wherever you, you would like. Um, I'd encourage you to just kind of do a tight trim around this. We just kind of cut these out for you. But um, every family will get one of these on your way out today. And, um, and, and if you're not in the room with us today, that's okay. If you are a regular, a tender, or an all-inner, um, and you're not with us in the room, we're going to mail you one of these stickers as well, so you guys won't be uh, left out at all. And, and then we will, um, in a couple weeks, we'll have some more of these available to purchase as well. So we want to give everybody one, but if you want some additional ones in a few weeks, you'll be able to purchase some after we make sure that everybody gets at least one um, that way. So I, I'm, I'm really excited just about this, this new look. Um, that we have. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And, and not only that, in addition to just the, the new logo itself and the sticker, um, we're also having the opportunity for you to be able to buy some apparel that has our new logo on it. And, and what we've done in the past is we've bought a whole bunch of shirts and then sold them to everybody at cost. Well, we, we decided to do something a little bit different because instead of just everybody having a t-shirt, we wanted you to be able to get whatever you want that has our new logo on it. So it could be a t-shirt, it could be a hoodie, it could be a polo, there's hats, there's all different kinds of things that you can get our new Livingstone's church logo on. And so um, on here, there's, there's, a, there's a website um, on this slide, and again, this will be posted on our Livingstone's Facebook page, so you can go online, you can actually just purchase whatever it is you would like that has our new Livingstone's logo on it. We've done everything we can do to, to try to keep costs down for you as well. And, uh, and, and you'd have to order it by July 5th. So we have a, a little less than a month that you can just kind of go through, you know, what they have available and see what, you, you know, you might like and, and all that. We also have a, a couple other things that you can also buy, just some of the things that, that we've been talking about over the last couple weeks. It's going to have the Livingstone's logo on the arm. We, you know, when we were talking about unity being created for a purpose, you know, that, that Jesus wants us just to go love our neighbor. And so there's a, there's a whole host of options that you have that you can go online and you can purchase any of those things for yourself, for your family, any of that. And the next Sunday, if, if you... If you don't have online access or something like that, we'll have some, um, uh, some order forms that, that we can actually give you next Sunday. Um, but again, we, we encourage everybody just to be able to go online and do it that way as well. So I, I, I tell you, like it's, um, I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I pray that, uh, that you guys are too. And again, like all of this stuff will be on our Livingstones Facebook page um, right after service this morning that everybody's going to be able to see the logo. You can go check out the apparel and all that. So, um, man, God's been good. God has been good. And I, and I really look forward to, to what God has in store for, for our future as, as, as a church. So make sure you guys check that out. And then one final thing just to share with everyone as well is, and you've heard me say this over the last couple months, just how proud I am of, of all of you just in being faithful in your giving with your tithes and your offerings, and, and so many of you have been giving online, and I want to encourage you to continue to do so. Um, we're not going to be passing the buckets here, at least for a little while, so I'd encourage you to continue to go online, give online. You can give through our, our uh, LSC app. Um, if, if you do want to give in person, we had, do have some um, offering envelopes at the back tables, and you can put them in the boxes that are at the 
the back of the Welcome Center here. But let me just tell you, uh, Livingstones, thank you. Thank you for being faithful in, in giving. And, and even though giving has been down a little bit, it's been a big stress and a load off my shoulders as your pastor to know that, that we've been continuing to just be faithful and to honor God with your finances. And I just want to tell all of you just a huge thank you for that. So um, you, you guys are making a difference. You, you really are. And I just want to, I just want to applaud you for all that you're doing in just in, in giving and reaching out, all that. You guys are, you're a great church. And, and I just want you to know that. So with that, let's, let's pray. And then, uh, and then we'll get into our message. It's going to be a fun time this morning. So Father, we just want to thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for, for being faithful to us throughout this entire time. And, and God, that, that we're, we're so grateful, Lord, that, that you don't reside in a building, but God, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that, that we take your presence with us everywhere that we go. And, and God, I just thank you that for, for everybody who's here in the room with us, for those who are joining us online, Lord, that, that we, can be, we can be the church even if we're not all gathered together under one roof. And we just want to thank you, God, for the way that you've been faithful during the, these last three months and, and just how grateful we are to be able to be starting to gather uh, in, in person once again. Lord, I pray that you would just bless my church family here today. God, that you would open their hearts to, to hear and to receive from you this morning. God, that you would just prepare us to, 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 to hear from you. But God, ultimately, that you would just bless us so that we can go out and be a blessing to, uh, to our community, to our friends, to our neighbors. God, we're just, we just love you so very much, and we're so thankful for what you're doing in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we, we are um, uh, continuing our series that we've been calling Questions God Asks questions God asks, and, and really we've been talking about like what are some of the things throughout scripture, we began all the way in Genesis, that God asks his people. And, 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 and I firmly believe that those questions that we're focusing on during, uh, during this series weren't just for uh, Adam, or weren't just for Moses, wasn't just for Elijah, but really they're questions that all of us need to wrestle with. And, and, if, and if we're going to live the life that God has called us to live, if we're going to fulfill those purposes, we need to kind of work through the answers to some of these questions. And so the, the first Sunday we, we talked about when God asked Adam, who, who told you that you were naked? And, and really what he was saying is, whose voice are you listening to other than mine? And the second week we, we talked about when God asked Moses, what is that that you have in your hand? That, that God has something for all of us to use, and, or all of us to do, and he can use even just the, the ordinary and the plain things like a stick to do great things for, for him. Uh, last Sunday, we talked about Elijah, that, that Elijah, Elijah, he got in this really kind of dark and low place, and he went running and hid in a cave, and God comes and he, he ministers to Elijah, and he speaks to him, he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Like, why, why are you here? Why are you running away instead of running to me. And, and this morning what we're going to focus on is actually a question that Jesus asked um, his disciples. And so before we get to that, though, I, I was, as I was kind of praying and thinking through this message this morning, I was thinking about like one of the great thrills when, when you find out that you're going to be a parent is you get to kind of talk about and discuss, all right, what, what are we going to name our child? And, and, and hopefully it's not too like contentious of a, of a conversation. Like, when, when Josiah was born, I, I say this in jest, but like I always thought, I want to have a son named Zerubbabel. Like I always just thought like, wouldn't that be just a great biblical name? Um, I, I wouldn't actually name my son that, but I always thought like, Zebub would be a great nickname. Um, but, but you get to like kind of talk through like, 
what, what, what do we want to name our, our child? And, and it's not, for, for some people, it's a real easy decision. For others, it's, it's much more difficult that you like actually, like you have to wait for your child to be born, you're holding your son or your daughter in your arms, and, and that's when you say, all right, this is what I'm going to, this is what we're going to name you, this is what we're going to call you. And, and it's, it's a big decision because that name that you give your child travels with them everywhere that they go. Like, it, it travels with them when they're in school, when they're applying for a job, when they're looking for a potential spouse themselves. Like, their name conveys a lot of information, and, and it's, a, it's a big decision. There's, there's a lot of considerations to take in. It, you know, for instance, like, you don't, you don't want to, you want to give your child, like, a unique name, but you don't want it to be so out there and, and like, hard to pronounce and, like, like Joaquin Phoenix... Like, I, I literally, like, un, until I actually heard his name pronounced, like, it looks like it'd be pronounced Jaoquin, you know, or, or, you know, like, something like, and has anybody ever seen, like, that Key and Peele substitute teacher sketch? Like, is that not like the, like, where are you, A-A-Ron? Um, you know, I, I love that one. If you haven't seen it, you gotta, you gotta look it up. But, but, but you also, like, so that's one consideration. An, another one is, you don't want to give your child a name that they're going to be teased about or, or bullied about throughout their life. Like, I, I don't know many people today naming their daughter Bertha or, you know, or, 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 or something like that. You know, like, you, you, don't want, you don't want them to be teased with it. You, you have to be cognizant of, like, what their initials are. Like, I, I literally, I went to school with, with a guy, his name was Alan Scott Stevens. And, and so you have to, like, you just, you just got to be aware you know, you got, you got to think about, all right, what is this actually going to look like? Um, you know, and, and, and really, again, like, names are, are, are a big deal. Some of them are, like, family names. So for, for Josiah, his middle name is Patrick, which, of course, is my name. My middle name is Michael, which is my dad's name. My dad's middle name is Philip, which is his dad's name. And so we've kind of, like, been carrying that tradition on of the oldest son having their father's name as, as their middle name. Or, or, or maybe there's someone like you that you've wanted that person to emulate or, or to be like. You know, like there, there's all different considerations that come in that when, when you're talking about your child's name because it conveys something about who they are. It conveys something about who they are. And, and really that's kind of at the heart at the question that we're going to be talking about this morning. And, and so the, the question that we're, that we're unpacking today comes from a conversation Jesus had with his disciples. That he had, a, he had a conversation with his disciples. He pulled them all together one day, and, and, and he, he kind of just asked this general question. He says, all right, hey, well, like, what's the, what's the word on the street? What, what are people saying about me? Who, who do people say that I am? And, 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 he, and he talks about this in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, that when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? It, it, he, he just kind of asked them a question. All right, when, when you're out and about, you're around town, who do people say that I am? Who, who do people say that I am? And, and he's not asking this question because he's, he's insecure or he's a narcissist or anything like that. That's not it. In fact, he actually asked this question, actually set up the following question. And, and Peter, because he's typically the, the voice of the disciples, he likes to speak up. He, he kind of volunteers the answer of what everybody who, who everybody is saying that Jesus is. And, you know, he says, well, you know, some people are saying that you're John the Baptist. 
Some people say you're Elijah who is reincarnated. Some people are, are saying you're Jeremiah or, or one of the other prophets. Okay, and so, you know, he, he shares this. And, and then Jesus asks Peter a question, an individual, very personal question here. And this is really where I want to focus today. In verse 15, he says, okay, but what about you? All right, you, you told me what everybody else is saying, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that, that I am? You know, and, and I believe Jesus is asking us that same question here this morning as well. Who do you say that I am? You know, like Peter, you, you've walked with me for, for several years now. You, you've seen, you know, you, you've seen me do ministry, miracles, like we, we've taken care of the poor and the downtrodden and the marginalized. And, you know, like I, you've walked with me for a number of years now, Peter. Who do you say that I am? And, and I love these two questions. Who, who do people say that I am? But who do you say that I am? And, and, and as, I was, as I was studying and reading about this, I wanted to share with you something that Warren Wearsby said about this passage. And, and for those of you who don't know Warren Wearsby, he used to be the pastor at uh, Moody Church in Chicago, a brilliant, brilliant uh, theologian. And, and he shared this. I want to I read you this, this to you. He says, If anyone else asks, Whom do men say that I am? We would think that he was either mad or arrogant. But in the case of Jesus, and I hear this, a right confession of who he is is basic to salvation. It's amazing to see how confused the public was about Jesus. One thing was cl is clear, though. We can never make a true decision about Jesus Christ by taking a poll of other people. The important thing is not what others say, but what do you and I personally say? The decision of the crowd, right or wrong, can never substitute for personal decisions. And, and, and I absolutely love that. And, and when, when, when Peter was, or excuse me, when Jesus was asking Peter this question, who do you say that I am? He's kind of drawing a distinction here. He said, okay, you know, like, I, okay, you told me who everybody else says. All right, people that, that don't know me all that well, people that may have heard of me, they may have been around me, but they don't know me, know me like you do, Peter. So that they, what they said is one thing, but Peter, I want to know, what do, you, what do you say? What do you say? Who do you say that I am? And, and, and I love it because Peter's response, he hits it out of the park, like, which, is, which is rare for Peter. If you know anything about Peter's life, like he, he has a knack for putting his foot in his mouth, and, and, and he, like he, just, he gets it totally right here. Then in verse 16, Simon Peter answered, well, you are the Messiah. You're the Messiah. You're the one that we have been waiting for. You are the chosen one, the son of the living God. Like Jesus, I've seen you do things. I've seen you do miracles. I've seen the blind receive their sight. I've seen the lame be able to get up and walk. I've seen people set free. You have, do, you have done things that I've never seen before. I've never experienced before. You have done an amazing thing in my life. Jesus, you're the Messiah. You are the Son of God, that Peter had experienced Jesus. Like, I, I want you to catch this. He had experienced Jesus. He didn't just hear about Jesus through somebody else, but he had experienced Jesus in his, in his own life and seen the change that, that he had done in his, own, in his own life, not just living peripherally through somebody else, but he had truly experienced Jesus for himself. And, and that's the lens by which Peter was able to make that confession, that you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God. And, and Jesus responds to him in verse 17 and 18. 
He says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell, that, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. What, what Jesus is saying is, on, on, the, on this, on this confession that you just made, that I am the Messiah, that I am the Son of God, that's how I'm going to build my church. And, and for 2,000 years, that's been the case. That, that, that God's church has grown and expanded through that declaration that, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the only one who can save. And, and really, there's two significant things that I see in this passage that I want us to kind of focus on this morning and, and, and share with everybody today. And so the first one is this, that Jesus is way bigger than we think. Jesus is way bigger than we think he is. And, and, and in my Facebook Live devotional that I did on Thursday, one of, the, one of the things I talked about was how in life and in society today, we love like putting people into a box, giving people a category. All right, well, this is who you are. And, and, and really, like so much of society today is, is bound up in, all right, whose side are you on? Are you with us or are you with them? Pick, pick a side, pick a box that I can put you in, that I can, that I can kind of make a, uh, a, a judgment about who you are based on whose side you're on and, and, and who you are. And in some ways, that's kind of what Peter did with Jesus in this moment, that, that he accurately described who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God. But Peter only saw a part of who Jesus was. He only, he only saw a part uh, of who Jesus was because immediately after this exchange, immediately after you know, Jesus says, hey, upon this, upon this rock I will build my church, Jesus goes on to, to talk about and predict his own death. In, in verse 21, he says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Like Jesus starts to tell them, all right, I want you to know this is what's going to happen to me. This is what is going to take place in the not too distant future, that we're going to go to Jerusalem and, and, and I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer mightily and, and ultimately I'm going to give up my life. But I'm going to come back. I'm, I, I will be back a few days later. And, and I tell you, like this just did not compute. This, this didn't make any sense for Peter. That, that he said, well, no, you're the Messiah. You're the, you're the Son of God. Surely none of those things are going to happen. We've been waiting for you for thousands of years. What are you talking about you're, you're going to die? What are, what are you talking about you're going to suffer? You're the Messiah. Like, this just, this just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, and I, love, I love Peter and just his boldness and his audacity because, like, he, he, he literally has... Uh, the intestinal fortitude to go and try to correct Jesus. And, 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 it's, and it's funny because he, he literally, he went from like hitting a home run one second to the very next minute, putting his foot in his mouth again. And, and in verses 22 to 23, says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Like, can, can you imagine that in your mind? Like, I, Jesus, come, come here for a minute. Like, I, I get that, I, I, you know, the whole Messiah thing, you're the son of God, absolutely. But st st stop talking all this death and suffering stuff. Like, come on. Like, like 
surely you know, like you're a rabbi, you're a teacher, you know that the, the Messiah isn't going to suffer and die at, at the hands of, of, of religious people? Are you, are you kidding me? Like he, he literally pulls Jesus aside to correct the Son of God. Like think about that for just a moment. He says, never, Lord. He said, you, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter and said to him, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And what Jesus is kind of saying to Peter, he's like, all right, Peter, you get it. You get that I'm the Messiah. You get that I'm the Son of God, but you're not seeing the whole picture. Like, you're thinking in human terms. You're thinking of this great, you know, political warrior who's going to come and turn, to, you know, battle of the Romans and, and, and free Israel. You're thinking in human terms. You're not thinking in God, in God terms right here. That Peter just didn't have a full picture of who Jesus was. That he, he had seen a glimpse. He had had, a, he had had a small view, a small window into who Jesus was. But he didn't see the whole, the whole thing. And, and, and I'll tell you, like we may think we understand who Jesus is. And, and we spend time with him and, and, and we relate to him. We read scripture. Like, and, and we should do those things. But he's way bigger than anything we could ever think or imagine. That let, let us never be in that mindset where we put Jesus in a box. Where we say, all right, Jesus, this is what I know about you. This is what I think about you. And, and, you, and it's only confined to this little square here. Because Jesus is way bigger than anything we could ever think or imagine. And, and, and I'll tell you this. Anybody who ever thinks they have God figured out or have Jesus figured out or have the Bible figured out, I'd encourage you to just run because they don't. Because they don't. Like our finite minds, like we, we the scripture talks about how, how we can like see through a mirror dimly. Like we, we don't see the entire picture. We don't see everything that's going on, uh, going on behind the scenes. That Jesus is way bigger than we could ever think. But, but this question that he asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Ultimately, this is a question that every single one of us will have to wrestle with. Every person who has ever been born will have to wrestle and provide an answer to this question at some point in our lives. And, or or maybe, it, maybe it's not even in our lives. It could be after, after we have passed on. But, but we have to wrestle. We have to come up with our answer to this question. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And so the second main point I want to share with you this morning is that our discovery of who Jesus is must be personal. Our, our, our discovery of who Jesus is, it has to be a personal thing. It can't be something that we just learn from, from a distance. You know, we, we can't just have secondhand knowledge of Jesus. That, 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 that won't cut it. That won't cut it at all. It, 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 we can't just rely on what we've heard other people say, what we've heard our parents say, or what we've heard uh, our, our friends say, or what we've heard a pastor say. Like, that, that's, that's not good enough. That our discovery of who Jesus is must be personal. It can't just be something we, we've, uh, that we've heard from others. It, we have to be on a personal discovery. It, it's not just good enough to know about Jesus. We actually have to know Him. We actually have to know him. And, and, it, and it really, you know, this question that Jesus asked demands a personal verdict. It, it demands a personal response. And, and that's why I, I love this question because it's such a personal one. He says, all right, Peter, you know, I get who everybody else says. 
I am. But I want to know from you. Peter, look me in the eye. And I want to know, who do you? Who do you say that I am? What is your verdict on who I am? And, and, I, and I'll tell you, like, I, the, the question I guess I want to ask everyone here this morning is, what is your experience with Jesus? Like, like if Jesus were up here standing before you today, and he sat down with you and he said, all right, who do you say that I am? What would be your answer? What, what would be your response to Jesus asking, who do you say that I am? Who do you, who do you say that I am? And, and, and we, can, we can kind of work through this question by thinking back and reflecting on our own life. What has been our experience with Jesus? What, what has he done for me? Like, when in your life have you seen Jesus be healer? When, when has he been the healer in, in your life? Where you've been praying for somebody, or, or, or maybe you're still waiting for that. Maybe, maybe you are still waiting and, and believing that he is going to heal grandma. He's going to heal your, your wife or your child or, or whatever it might be. But when have, you, when have you seen God heal or experienced or know someone that has experienced that healing in, in their life? Because Jesus is healer. When has Jesus been provider for you? When has he been your provider? And, and I, know, I know personally, our, our family, we, we have m multiple stories of when Jesus has shown up and that he's provided for us in just crazy, unique ways. Like there, there, there was a time a couple years ago that we, we were in a, a really tight spot. You know, our, our cupboards were mostly bare. Like we were in a very tough financial place. And we, we, you know, like we literally just prayed something like, God, even if you could provide just a dozen eggs for us, like that would just mean the world to our family. And, and, and you're going to, I can swear to you, I'm not making this up. Literally a couple days later, we had a friend who had some chickens and said, hey, we have some extra eggs. Would you guys like some? Like in that moment, we said, all right, God, I get it. Thank you for being provider for us. And and think in your own life, when have you seen God provide for you where maybe it didn't seem like there was a way, but he still came through? When has Jesus been deliverer for you? When has he been your deliverer? Like th that maybe you've been in bondage to something. Maybe, maybe it was alcohol or pornography or drugs or, or, or you had some kind, of, um, some kind of bondage or some kind of addiction in your life. And how have you seen Jesus set you free and deliver you from that? That Jesus is our deliverer. When, when has Jesus been your peace? When has he been your, your shalom? Where, where you felt overwhelmed and you felt anxious. Maybe at the, at the, totally at the end of your rope and you feel like you can't take another step and Jesus has been that peace in the middle of your chaos. Because he's peace. He's peace. When, when has Jesus been faithful to you? Maybe when, when everybody else has left, when everybody else has abandoned you or turned their back on you, that Jesus has still been faithful. He's still been there with you, even in those moments. That he's faithful. When has Jesus been Savior for you? Like, you, you know the mess that your life was before you met Jesus, that, that, he, that he freed you, that he, that he set you free, that you were far from God, and everything was a disaster. And he saved you. He plucked you out of your mess and saved you from the destructive path that you were on. Like, and, and we could go on and on and on. But who is Jesus to you? If he was standing here before you, who do you say that I am? What's, what's your personal story? What's your testimony? What has been your experience 
with Jesus? Because all of these are very personal answers. Your, your, your thoughts and your response to that question are going to be different than mine. And they're going to be different than, than your spouse or your kids because you've had different experiences with Jesus in your life. You've seen him do different things. And, and that's okay. It's, it's all right for us to have different answers to that because it, it shows us and it demonstrates for us that walk, that path that Jesus has had us on. And, and so what I want to do this morning, and, and I, I, I know silence can, be, can feel somewhat awkward at times, but what I want to do for just a moment here is I, I want to ask everyone, just close your eyes for a moment. And if you're joining us online, you can just close your eyes for just a moment where you are. And I want you to think about what is your answer to that question? What, what is your answer to that question of who do you say that I am? Just take a moment and just reflect back on your life. Like, what are your personal experiences that you've had with him? And if Jesus was here before you this morning, say, who do you say that I am? Who do you? Not your mom, not your dad, not your grandma, not your pastor. But who do you say that I am? Jesus, we thank you. God, we thank you for who you are. That that song we were singing this morning, that you are our way maker, our miracle worker, our light in the darkness. God, that you are our, our peace. You are our healer. You are our provider. God, that you are, you, you are our, our banner of victory that we have over, over the mess and, and, and the battles and, and the things that we face and fight in our lives. God, that you are present with us, that you are the God who is there. God, that you have walked with us through our darkest times. Lord, that you are our shepherd. Thank you, God, that, that you lead us be, beside still waters. And because you are our shepherd, we have no wants. There's nothing that we are lacking whatsoever. God, thank you that you are, are our sanctifier, that you make us right. Thank you that, that you are our, uh, our, our deliverer. Lord, those things that held us in bondage in our past, Lord, that we have been set free from those things. Thank you, God, that you are our friend. God, that we, that we, you're not a God who's far off, but you call us friend. Thank you, God, that, that you are present with us, that you, are, that you are the lover of our souls, that you are our creator. You made us. Thank you that you are the one who fights for us. Thank you, God, that you are the one who, who, who is faithful even when we are faithless. God, we, we just want to thank you, God, for who you are. And God, may, may we constantly always reflect on this question, that we, that we tell you, Jesus, this is who you are to me. This is who you are, that you are our Savior. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God, that there is no way that we could ever come to the Father except through you. And we thank you for that. God, thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so what, what I want to do is I just want to close this morning just with, with one final thing that, that maybe you've, whether you're here in the room or, or joining us online, maybe you've never really experienced Jesus in a personal way before. Maybe you've never really had that, 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 that personal experience. And maybe you, you heard about Jesus through your parents, 
or maybe like you went to Sunday school when you were a kid, but you've never truly experienced Jesus for yourself. You've just known about him through what other people have said, or, or maybe you've gone to, a church, gone to church for a long time, and, and you've heard about Jesus through me or through another pastor, but, but there's just been something missing, that you've never actually experienced him for yourself. And I, and I want to give you that opportunity this morning, that if that's you, I want to give you that opportunity today, that when you answer that question of who Jesus is, that you're going to be able to answer from personal experience. You're going to be able to answer, say, Jesus, this is who you are because I've seen you do this work in my life. I've seen what you've done, and I just want to honor you for that. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. And, and that word everyone in the Greek literally means everyone. It, it means uh, something whole, complete, that nothing is lacking, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you've never taken that step before, if you've, if you've never had that, that intimate, that personal experience with Jesus, let today be that day. That, that, that God isn't standing here with anger or rebuke or anything like that. He's actually standing here with open arms saying, come, come to me. Come to me. I want, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you back. And, and so what I want to do, I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes one, one final time here this morning. And I just want us to just pray together, whether it's here in the room, whether you're joining me online, that there, there's nothing magic about these words, but it's a, it's a matter and a posture of, of our hearts. And I just want us to pray together right now for those who've never truly experienced Jesus in their lives. So pray with me that, Lord, we, we just thank you, God, for who you are. We want to thank you that you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the only one who can make us right with God the Father, that there's nothing that we can do to make ourselves right with, with God. We, we, can't, we can't fix our own sin on our own, Lord. And, and so, God, we, we just stand here today, and we, we admit that, that we are sinners, every one of us, that we have fallen short of your, of your perfect standard. But, God, in your great mercy, in your great grace, God, that you sent your Son to die for us. Lord, that if we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Him, that when we call upon the name of the Lord, that we will be saved. And so, God, we just want to thank you for that. Thank you, God, for dying for us. Thank you for, for paying that ultimate sacrifice for me so that we could engage and enter into relationship with you. God, for those who, who have been far from you, Lord, let today, let June 14th, 2020, be a day that's stamped in their heart, stamped in their lives where it says, this is the day that I made things right with God. This is the day that I experienced Jesus in a new way, maybe for the first time. And God, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, we're going we're gonna to take communion right now. So if you want to grab your, uh, your communion cups here, and these can be a little bit finicky, so if you want to start just kind of opening them right now. Um, I, I, was, I, I tell you, like with us not gathering in person here for the last three months, like I know, I know it has been difficult for you. It's been difficult for, for me as well, just not being able to be together. I like, I, I miss you. I, I've, I've really missed our, our church family. And, and this really got me thinking about the vision that, that John had in Revelation chapter 19 that, that he called the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, and I'm not going to go into an eschatological explanation as to, to what that all is. But, but basically... What John is talking about, it, it's, it's a gathering of all the saints, those who, who have 
gone on before us, those who have passed away before us, and those of us here right now. It's, it's a gathering of kind of coming together and enjoying a marriage feast with, with one another. And, and in some ways, I was thinking about that with, with this, that you know, we, we've been away from one another for three months. And it, it, like I've looked forward to being able to enjoy communion, be able to enjoy fellowship with all of you once again. But there's also something I, I'm reminded of when, it, when I look at what this bread represents and what this, this juice represents, that this life isn't the end, that, that this is not the end of the story, that those who have gone on before us, those who have who've passed on before us, that they, we're going to be able to engage with them once again. We're going to be able to enjoy communion and fellowship with them once again because of what Jesus did for us, because his body was broken, because his blood was spilled, that we're going to be able to enjoy fellowship and enjoy communion once again with those that we miss right now. That we, every single one of us, we have loved ones who are not here right now, but they've, they've professed faith in Christ, and we're going to be able to enjoy fellowship with them once again. So this morning as we get ready to take communion, I just want us just to to think about and remember and reflect on that, that this life that we have right here isn't the end, and that we get to enjoy an eternity with Jesus someday. We get to enjoy an eternity with our loved ones who have put their faith and their hope in Him. So I want you to just take the bread right now, and I want you just to just be grateful and thankful that we remember Jesus' sacrifice, that, that this life that we have here is not the end as we take it together. So let's take it right now. Carefully peel the, the lid back on your juice. Again, as we take the, the cup together, as we enjoy this, this representation of Jesus' blood that was poured out for us, that we have freedom, we have forgiveness because of the blood of Jesus. Let's take it together right now. Lord, thank you. God, thank you for your incredible sacrifice on our behalf. Thank you for, for, for shedding your blood and allowing your body to be broken so that we can be in fellowship with you and fellowship with one another forever someday. We look forward to that day with great expectation. Lord, I'm so grateful for what you've done in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, can we just stand one more time? Let's worship together one final time this morning.